podcast for Empworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. I'm Pastor Kristen Stone King. Our mission at Epworth is to live out God's love for all. We strengthen our faith as we worship, study, develop a creative, supportive community, and serve others. Together we encourage each other, challenge each other, and welcome all people on their journey of faith. We are a reconciling congregation, meaning that persons of all sexual orientations and gender identities are welcomed to help transform our church and our world into the full expression of Christ's inclusive love. We are a sanctuary church advocating for the rights and dignity of immigrants, and we stand in solidarity with the movement for Black Lives. Our podcast blends a taste of the music that we experience here in worship on Sunday mornings, along with a scripture reading and a message. Verses 1 through 11. Comfort, O comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and cry to her that she has served her term, that her penalty is paid, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up and every mountain and hill be made low. 
The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. Then the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all the people shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, Cry out! And I say, What shall I cry? All the people are grass. Their consistency is like the flower of the field. The grass withers, the flower fades when the breath of the Lord blows upon it. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers, the flower fades, but the word of our God will stand forever. Get you up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good tidings. Lift up your voice with strength. O Jerusalem, herald of good tidings, lift it up. Do not fear. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God. See, the Lord God comes with might and his arm rules for him. His reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. The nations all are new, I call. Come hear this declaration. Don't refuse this glorious news of Jesus and salvation. To all the earth proclaim the birth of Christ the great Messiah. As was foretold by prophets old Isaiah, Abraham the promise came, and to his heirs forever. A light to shine in Isaac's life, by scripture we discover. He'll promise born, the Savior's born, the glorious mediator. God's blessed word made flesh and blood, assume the human Verses 1 through 15. In the beginning of the good news of Jesus Christ, the Son of God, as it was written in the prophet Isaiah, See, I am sending my messenger ahead of you who will prepare your way. A voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John the baptizer appeared in the wilderness, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And people from the whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem were going out to him and were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. Now John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. He proclaimed, The one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop down and untie his shoelace. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize with the Holy Spirit. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And just as he was coming up out of the water, he saw the heavens torn apart and the spirit descending like a dove on him. And a voice came from heaven, You are my son, the beloved. With you I am well pleased. And the spirit immediately drove him out into the wilderness. He was in the wilderness for 40 days tempted by Satan, and he was with the wild beasts, and the angels waited on him. Now, after John was arrested, Jesus came to Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God, and saying, 
The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. People who gaze, the time is near. Gracious and loving God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Have you ever heard of a fearologist? In this time of COVID-19, we hear a lot about virologists, but I'm talking about a fearologist. It's a thing. A fearologist is someone who studies, you guessed it, fear. I'm a fan of the podcast Ologies, and maybe you too have heard this great podcast. It's, it's a, it's a, the host, Allie Ward, invites different scientists with very odd and interesting specialties to come and talk about their work. And in one of the recent episodes, Allie Ward interviewed fearologist Mary Poffinroth, who teaches at San Jose State. And when um, Ward first came across this idea of fearology, she thought it was a typo. And maybe think maybe it was pearology with a P, someone who studies pears, or feetology, who uh, somebody who studies feet. But no, fearology is a real thing. And it turns out it is a needed thing for us as humans because fear is a part of being human. Fear in itself is not something we talk about very much. Poffinroth says we prefer to talk about stress. In fact, we say it all the time, I'm so stressed. But the stress response in our body in our bodies is the same thing as the fear response. We get this tightness in our chests, the shortness of breath, sometimes we sweat. 
Poffenroth says, in Western society, we have this stress badge of courage. When you ask someone how they are, the response is, oh my gosh, I'm so stressed. And then the corresponding response is, I know, me too. There's the kids and there's the work and there's the other things. So she says, we feel confident talking about stress because we can commiserate, but we don't feel confident talking about what Poffenroth calls the F word because she says there's so much shame associated with fear in our society. Yet it's one of the four basic human emotions that go into making all of the rainbow of colors of all the other emotions. Sometimes we try to deny that fear exists with statements like be fearless and no fear. But according to Poffenroth, we can't be fearless. Fear exists and we don't have any control over that fact. Advent, which begins today, begins every year in fear. It's always been curious to me that we do this. We open the most joyous Christmas season, the one that ends with the birth of our Jesus, with warnings and accounts of portending omens. The lectionary gospel lesson for today begins, but in those days after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. Other scriptures that typically open Advent have the skies being ripped apart. But we don't need those scriptures this year to remind us that chaos is swirling around us. We're living it. Some of us even so much more than others with jobs changed or lost or financial concerns, fears about catching or passing the virus. Those are macro level fears, but at a more personal level too, many of us are living with a new level of chaos in our homes or a new kind of fear of being alone. The beginning work of Advent is to not turn away from that which is, from the present reality, and to say, ah, this is me, this is us, this is the state that we find ourselves in. So fear exists. It's a part of being human, and we don't have any control over that. What we do have control over is our response to fear. Enter our text today from Isaiah, which you heard Carol read. Hear these words again, this time from the translation, the message. Comfort, O oh comfort my people, says your God. Speak softly and tenderly to Jerusalem, but also make it very clear that she has served her sentence, her brokenness is taken care of, forgiven. She's been punished and broken more than enough and now it's over and done with. That's an interesting text when we think about what it means to be human and what it means that God came to us as one of us, 
as human, flesh and blood. The words are comforting, but their purpose is more than just comfort. They're words of preparation for the inbreaking of the incarnation. Think about this. God came to us as one of us. God didn't ask us to change in order for that to happen, to be better or somehow more than enough, to be different than who we are, which is human. Instead, God affirms who we are and all that comes with that, which apparently, according to the fearologists, is fear. This inbreaking, this this coming to us as one of us that God does is actually a radical act of acceptance and respect and love. God created us so conceivably God could change us. Couldn't God change the way our amygdalas, this little almond-shaped place in both sides of our brain and, and how that amygdala reacts to stressors? Wouldn't it be an act of compassion? To not have our, our bodies flooded with cortisol and adrenaline every time we experience some sort of external stressor. But God chooses not to change our basic humanness. Not only honoring who we are as humans, but accompanying us, making sure we know God knows our pain and our fear and all the sorrow and joy of being human by becoming one of us. In the Ologies podcast, Dr. Poffenroth said something very significant about fear. The host, Allie Ward, even called it life-changing. She said, we have two kinds of fear. We have factual fear and we have fictional fear. Factual fears are going to be actual threats to your life that are happening in a shared reality right now that your body's responding to. Your amygdala helps your entire body marshal resources to deal with a real threat. And that is actually a very useful thing. But fictional fears are those things that may have a nugget of truth in them, but mostly are taken to an extreme. These are everyday fears. Will I get stuck in traffic and not make it to work on time? Will I be able to keep my job? Do others like me? Are my children okay? Is my spouse in this for the long haul? Will I have a reaction to this flu shot? Our central nervous system detects some kind of threat and our amygdala fires up with an all-out fear response as if we are being attacked. And this is what Poffenroth says is in our control. Our response to those kinds of fears, those fictional fears that have some basis in reality, but are, are blown far beyond uh, the actual potential. And so by paying attention to what is really causing this fear response, we can distinguish between factual fear and fictional fear. And this requires being in the moment, being present to what is. And this is what God is saying too. The work of Advent is about being awake and paying attention, acknowledging what is real. We are human, 
fear exists. We cannot not be human, but we can see the difference between factual fear and fictional fear and change our response. The best way to calm fear, Poffenroff says, is to reach out and get connection, to ask for connection and receive that support. And we know that can be very hard to do. Modern Western society socializes us not to do that. But the whole meaning of the Incarnation is that God is breaking through that isolation. And God is not asking us to be anything other than who we are. When God comes to us as us, not asking us to be fundamentally different, this is on a human level and also on an individual level. As part of the human community, God is not asking me, Kristen, as a human, to not have a physiological response to fear. And God is not asking me, Kristen, not to be Kristen. Now that blows me away. I'm painfully aware of how imperfect I am, how I can get focused on a goal and forget the world and the people around me, how I doubt myself, how I can get lost in regret and a whole host of, of other things that I don't love about myself. But what God is saying is change your response to all of those fears because doubt and inadequacy and regret are really just fear with fancy names. And reach out to me. Reach out to each other, my body. I am here for you. You are beloved, my beloved, with whom I am well pleased. And I'll show you how true this is by coming to you in flesh and blood. Comfort, comfort, O oh my people, God says. All is forgiven. I see you as you are and wouldn't change a thing, says God. God is awake to who we are and loves us for who we are. And we need to do that too. The radical love and acceptance that God shows us is why we can sing, I believe in the sun, even when it is not shining. It is said that the other side of fear is hope, and that is true. But I submit to you today that the other side of fear is also trust. If the antidote to those everyday fears is to reach out for connection and support, we can do that most easily when we know that our hand will be met with another hand. The incarnation is God's reaching out God's hand to us, waiting for our touch, waiting for that reach. Even when fears cloud our vision and our light, God is there, God of comfort, God who is well pleased with you in all of your individuality and your humanity. I believe in the sun, even when it is not shining. Amen. Oh
podcast for Epworth United Methodist Church in Berkeley, California. Wherever you're located, we'd love for you to take a next step in growing in faith in this community. Our online worship is at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on Facebook, YouTube, and on our website at epworthberkeley.org. Or you can fill out an online connect card at epworthberkeley.org backslash connect. Have a great week. I heard the bells on Christmas Day.
said, for hate is strong and mocks the song of peace on earth would win to Oh!